the impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall of those knuckleheads of liberty podcasters daring to voice opinions outside the mainstream of accepted thought. Listen, if you dare, it's angry, it's funny, it's even sometimes sad, but it's always based on freedom and justice, as you will see. Here's our host, Jason McPhee. Welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. We are coming to you on uh, on May 25th, 2022. Uh, it's just staggering through this horrifying administration, just one day after another. But uh, uh, but anyways, um, you know, we, we've got some topics to talk to you about today. And we also have a special guest, too, joining us on the panel as well. So let me introduce you to our panel. In our upper right-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. And on our upper left-hand corner joining us uh regular for the uh, uh libertarian counterpoint show and also past uh, uh libertarian party press secretary richard fields so he's joining us on the panel today so welcome richard um Oh, my name is Jason McPhee, your host today. So let's jump right into the topics. Uh, so uh, this show's focused a little bit on government disinformation, lies, and witch hunts. And boy, I tell you, it's tough times over there at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, <laughs> they seem to be uh, uh, have have disabled themselves with their own uh, disinformation. Uh, so maybe I could bring up a visual on this. Uh, Peter Ducey recently was uh, questioning the... Uh, press secretary that they have, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, and he uh, he specifically asked her about it. Uh, well, th- so so did you guys literally get shut down because of disinformation, and that's what your whole job is, is dealing with disinformation? And she really didn't have a good answer for that. Um, but I, I tell you, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, this is like uh, Orwell's Ministry of Truth, and this thing isn't quite gone yet. It just is sort of uh, they, they've said it's temporarily disabled, and so it's possible this thing may be coming back. Um, but uh, just to give a little background on it, uh, before the thing tanked, uh, there there uh, would be Chief Inquisitor uh, Nina Jankowitz. Uh, she was uh, recently uh, caught saying that, uh, yeah, they should start having Twitter uh, edit other people's tweets, uh, just have verified users out there editing other people's essentially so just just really crazy terrifying stuff so what do you guys think about all this uh crazy ministry of truth and they boy i tell you biden just can't even even get he can't even do his authoritarianism right <laughs> where to start go ahead tim Oh, well, I, I don't know. I still uh, am at a loss. Where, where's the legislator? How come all these uh, new ministries and uh, bureaucratic uh, entities uh, just crop up out of nowhere? I mean, you know, how, how, come, how come this happens? I thought we had a government with three different branches, some kind of separation of powers or something. Uh, you know, I thought that's the way it worked. But I, I, I obviously, somebody in my upbringing, in my schooling, it must have been those Irish Catholic nuns from St. John's um, Catholic School that misinformed uh, me that we, uh, we have a government with three separate branches. I did not know that the real truth of the matter is we have a monarchy now, and we just have top-down central planning from 
brilliant people like uh, Joe Biden that are uh, there to, um, to, to tell us what's true and what's not true. I was wrong all along. Those darn nuns. <laughs> I would take a, I have a little bit different take. I would, I, I, I'm going to echo uh, uh, Tim Sandifer, uh, who's now at the Goldwater Institute, used to be at uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. And the way he explained it is this way. He said, the legislature has essentially delegated all of its authority, and by all, that's almost 100% of its authority, to the, uh, to the administrative uh, executive branch. And the way they have done it is legislators, they want to get reelected, okay? They've got a pretty good gig there in Washington, D.C. They want to keep it. Uh, incumbents uh, win about 95, something like that, percent of the races. And the reason they are able to win is because they do a good job of keeping their constituents happy. They keep their constituents happy by doing good things. Now, the legislators are not all that much more brilliant than the rest of us, probably a notch or two less brilliant than the rest of us. Uh, but they are smart enough and, and uh, savvy enough to know that if they promise something that their constituents want that sounds good, their chances of being reelected are enhanced. So they come up with a good thing. Uh, and they say, okay, I want this good thing to happen. Therefore, we're going to have a department of good things that will make good things happen. And the department of good things, well, we're gonna to have to give them the rulemaking authority, which means essentially the legislative authority to write the rules, write the laws. So it's not Congress writing the laws anymore, that's been delegated to rulemaker making on the part of bureaucrats. And the bureaucrats make up their own damn rules. And once they're written, they're pretty much in stone unless somebody challenges them in court. It's really, really difficult to overturn a, a regulatory uh, decision. And in the case of uh, the disinformation board, the good thing is we want to make sure that, well, first of all, you got Homeland Security. Homeland Security is, you know, the good thing there is we want to make sure that everybody is safe from terrorists, okay? And the way that's turned out to be in practice is uh, terrorists, like people who are complaining to school boards about the uh, wokeism in their public schools uh, curriculum. Uh, you have uh, terrorists who uh, don't obey the party line, Democrat, Republican, are heterodox in their political views. Uh, you have uh, people who are lying. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, you can't have anybody being allowed to lie on social media. If somebody lies on social media, like, like Biden does, or like Trump did repeatedly, that's not okay. So we will make sure that we have, a, under the Department of Homeland Security, we're going to have a uh, information board or governing unit or whatever, Ministry of Truth, as George Orwell would have called it, that says, okay, the Ministry of Truth, the Disinformation Governance Board, will uh, oversee everything that's said on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, you name it. And if we find something that we don't think is truthful, we will make sure that it either gets changed or gets censored or goes away one way or another. We will be the arbiter of truth and thereby prevent or protect the general American public from being lied to. That's what's going on. And of course, what that, you know, the question that begs is who the hell 
uh, these people to say we have an ultimate uh, monopoly on truth. They're obviously liars from the get-go, and they're lying about their ability to uh, catch others lying. It's it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a very scary development, and it's on hold. But I don't believe for a minute that it's gone away. Well, Richard, after all that, after all that eloquence, all I heard is you're against good things. <laughs> all the good things that government wants to bring you, the endless good things and endless agencies. I'm against good things at other people's expense. There's nothing wrong with good things if people want to make good things happen themselves or if they want to, to pay others to make good things happen. What's wrong is government saying, Peter, we want good things to happen for Paul. Therefore, Peter, you are going to pay uh, to make good things happen for Paul. And if you don't like it, that's tough. Yeah. You know, I, I will say one thing, though, just to push back a little bit about uh, regulatory agencies versus lawmakers as far as which is worse. <laughs> um, the, the, the lawmakers, when they make these laws, that's essentially what gives the regulatory agencies the authority to, to make any of these regulations. But the regulatory agencies, they have to go through something called the Administrative Procedures Act. And that means literally you have to go through months and months and months of outreach to the public to let them know what it is you're going to do. But the lawmakers, they don't have to do any of that. I mean, they can literally show up up with some bill and say to a lawmaker, you got uh, a, a day to read a thousand pages. The public has no chance to look at it. And as Nancy Pelosi told us once, uh, we'll find out what's in it once we pass it. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, it, it's almost like, man, I, I wish the lawmakers had a little more uh, uh, control over them then, uh, you know, obviously I'm not saying that we need more rules by it all, but I mean, it's just like, wow. I mean, the lawmakers just don't seem to have any, uh, you know, kind of constraints about what the public is supposed to be able to, to see. Um, no, what, what you say is true, but by the same token, there are bills out there, which have gone nowhere, which are the, the Read the Bills Act, which would require that uh, the uh, congressmen uh, or state legislatures, if it's at the state level, actually read the bill before they vote on it. So uh, these 10,000-page uh, omnibus bills that you have 24 hours to review, obviously that couldn't happen with the Read the Bills Act. Uh, you've got uh, the One Subject at a Time Act, which would prevent the omnibus bills from taking place in the first place. You vote on one thing, not uh, 10,000 different things all put together in one big, uh, you know, pass it or, or lose your pet program bill. So, you know, there are ways of getting around that at the legislative level, but all of those would re, would would uh, would shackle government. It would uh, make it much more difficult for government to do things. And if you can't do things, if you can't do, do something about it, make a law. There ought to be a law. If you can't do it, then your chances of being reelected are lower. So that's why uh, congressmen and state senators and state representatives at Al, that's why they are taking the shortcut of passing it on to regulators so they can say, well, we didn't really mean for the regulators to do that. Titch, titch, the regulator shouldn't have done that. And then forget about it. Yeah, that's that's about the way it works, I guess. Um, you know, speaking of which, though, you know, this whole ministry of disinformation, uh, one of the things that that's caused to come out of the woodworks is Elon Musk and his buying of Twitter 
is what sort of uh, you know brought all this attention onto this uh, mis disinformation board you know popping up and saying that uh, uh, it's going to you know need to to make sure of everything that's coming out of these social media companies and uh, since Elon Musk bought it and then said hey guess what I'm not in line with the democratic program here <laughs> the democrats program on this uh, suddenly it's been a full court press against Elon Musk in the press so uh, I just wanted to share a few of these uh, items with you maybe we could get some uh, uh, screen share here so uh, this one from reason but uh, most recently uh, just just like clockwork uh, Me Too allegation has popped up, and so somebody has has claimed uh, a story about Elon Musk uh, sexually harassing somebody. Uh, so that's that's item one. Uh, then another, I, I just find this one absolutely laughable. Uh, this this uh, uh, website Futurism uh, it comes out and says, "Oh my gosh, you know SpaceX rocket uh, fumes are hazardous to human health." <laughs> And, and they're bad for the climate. And as if they didn't know what's in rocket fumes all this time. There's nothing magical about SpaceX rockets, okay, as far as the fumes that come out of them. I mean, this is this is true for anything. You know, even, uh, you know, jet planes that go up in the air put out a lot of, you know, greenhouse gases as well. So, it, you know, the, the idea that suddenly the left is just woken. And then uh, one I just found absolutely hysterical, the view uh, right after Elon Musk announced that he had bought 9% of Twitter suddenly came out where they were condemning the safety of Teslas. Uh, you know, nobody else was. It's just the ladies of the view suddenly became worried that they'd be stranded in their Teslas in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and according to Whoopi, uh, she was uh, essentially said, you know, the only way you can contact them is with an email, uh, which was nonsense. It's not even true. Uh, you, you just use the app, which is, you know, built in through the car. So I, you know, and, and quite frankly, if you couldn't use the app, you'd be someplace where you couldn't use your phone. Too. <laughs> so I mean, the stuff that is just amazing watching the, the, uh, uh, I, I guess the, the media arm of the Democrat party just moving to work against somebody who is not on their team. Uh, so you guys have any thoughts on this? Well, you know, qualifies, qualify, qualified thought. First of all, you can't really call Elon Musk a libertarian. He's much more libertarian than a lot of than say, uh, oh, I don't know, Bill Gates. But he's not a libertarian. He's a businessman, and he has been very, very eager and willing to accept subsidies from the federal government for his various enterprises. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. Uh, not uh, not saying it's necessarily right either, but. That's just the way business is done in the United States in the 20, uh, 20th and 21st centuries, uh, 21st, 22nd, whatever, whatever century we're in in the last one. Uh, but he is obviously being singled out because he had the temerity to say, you know what? Free speech is better than not having free speech on Twitter and everywhere else. And the Democrats are deathly afraid of free speech, just like the Republicans used to be afraid, afraid of uh, free speech back in uh, the 60s. Uh, yeah, the 60s primarily during the civil rights movement, 50s and 60s. Uh, politicians don't want to hear, uh, don't, want, don't want their misbehavior being publicized. Right now, it's the Democrats that are afraid of their misbehavior being publicized. But as soon as Republic, Republicans are in control, it'll be Republicans being afraid of their misbehavior being uh, publicized. So politicians in general are uh, against free speech. The ones that make the biggest noise are the ones who happen to be in power at the time. So 
uh, I, I salute, uh, absolutely salute the courage of uh, Elon Musk for knowing that he's putting his neck on the line when he comes out and says, I'm going to I'm going to reinstate free speech on uh, Twitter. I'm going to I'll even let Trump come back. I mean, you know, the more you let free speech reign, the more the idiots in the world expose themselves. And that's true of Trump. It's true of Biden. It's true of all politicians. The more airtime they get, and certainly true of Kamala Harris, the more airtime they get, the more exposure they get, the sillier they sound and the better off we all are, the more it's clear to even the slowest among us that we're, uh, that we're, we're watching uh, emperors who have no clothes. Well, I wonder if Nancy Pelosi's uh, jet emits toxic fumes that are bad for the environment, uh, her private jet that she flies in around. Um, I don't know. Maybe they ought to put a, a curtail that some way or other. But anyway, yeah. Uh, and then, well, you know, it's expected. And this guy uh, got himself into it. But um, which, which I applaud him as Richard does. And... Uh, it, it makes me wonder uh, when is his uh, ties with Putin going to be exposed by the left? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's about time they did it. They did it to Trump. They did it to Tulsi. Uh, it's yeah. about time they did it to Musk. It, it seems to work too because all my yeah. uh, liberal friends seem to buy it hook, line, and sinker every time. I mean, they just yeah. they just love uh, if somebody controlled by Putin is behind every rock and tree, as is a white supremacist. And um, what's the other one? I don't know. Anyway, there's a whole laundry list of them that are, um, you know, in everywhere, you know, at all in the, times. In the 50s, the, the left used to make fun of John Burt's Republicans saying there's a commie under every bed. Yeah, there you go. Now it's reversed. Yeah. Well, James, James, can I get the image up real quick, too? This is something an insight Musk had that he put out. Uh, early on with uh, as he started before he made his move with Twitter and such, but he was trying to lay out for the public exactly where his political beliefs have gone uh, over. And so they, they show this first one in 2008 and he actually shows himself as being a little left of center. And he's saying right here, this is me and this is the left and this is the right. And then the left just takes off to the far, far, far left. And suddenly they're calling Musk a bigot. <laughs> Here's the Senate and, uh, or center, and Musk just somehow finds himself now on the right, not because he moved, but because the left uh, has moved yeah. so much. And I think we've all experienced a little of that in these last few years. Yeah, they, they moved the bar over to the left there. They moved that bar, so center moved with it. Gotcha. Yeah. Looks, looks, looks interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyways, you know, this, this all sufficiently triggers me, Tim, for one of your good uh -oh. guys with guns uh, talks. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, these are always, I, I love these because not only is it an older, elderly person with white hair, no doubt, but it's somebody that's of the uh, feminine uh, side of the gender, uh, you know, the, the whole gender uh, thing. You know, there's 75 genders now, but it's on the feminine side of those 75 genders. So this is uh, back uh, just a few days ago in May uh, 20th uh, in Oakley, California. It's a, it's a town in the Bay Area. A woman shot and killed a man in Oakley early Friday in a case that police are treating as self-defense. 
officers responded at 12.39 a.m. That's in the middle of the night to a report of a 51-year-old man shot in the 200 block of West Cypress Road. The man was found in the driveway of a home and succumbed to his injuries at the scene, police said. His name has not been released. Oh, they're so, so thoughtful. Investigators detained three people at the home and learned that a 74-year-old woman there has an elder abuse restraining order against the man because of a history of physical violence and more alleged violence by the man led her to shoot him in self-defense. According to the police, the woman was not taken into custody. Can you imagine that? Oakley police are asking anyone with information about the case to call them at, and they put two phone numbers in there. I guess they're trying to build a case against the 74-year-old woman come hell or high water. I mean, they just can't leave it alone. Not good enough that the guy she popped off was, you know, uh, under a restraining order and he was found in, in her front driveway. Uh, so anyway, and this was written up in, in some Bay Area newspaper. So they leave out all the juicy details. Mm. <coughs> I'll tell you about how she... You know what gun she used to pop this guy off. Anyway, um, you know, it's it's all a sad state of affairs, but apparently the gun is a great equalizer, even if you're a 74-year-old elderly person and some 51-year-old man comes and attacks you, you can still prevail, which is the still number one, you know, rallying cry behind the ability to have a self-defense uh, weapon of choice to defend yourself with. Well, thank you, Tim, for that uh, update on uh, de defending your liberty, I guess, from from uh, this, uh, you know, craziness that's going on out there right now. So, yeah. You know, you know, I, I want to add to that. We, do, we talk about being, you know, self-defense in domestic cases and, uh, you know, uh, uh, domestically as being a really, really good room, a reason to have. Uh, the right to, uh, to, uh, to bear arms, the right to, to own and bear arms. But all we have to do is look at Vietnam and most recently Afghanistan to realize that citizens with small arms can defeat empires with nukes. Yeah. And without those small arms, they couldn't. Yeah, maybe that's why uh, Ukraine uh, decided to hand out a bunch of AKs to uh, their citizenry because they Absolutely. were previously disarmed. Something yeah. about that, and they want to disarm us, of course, after the recent uh, tragic uh, school shooting. And they, um, uh, you know, of course, you know, of course, the the first thing they go after or want to go after is you know the the so-called semi-automatic rifles capable of firing a 223 uh with each trigger press so um and of course i'm i'm drawing that out a little bit uh for the uh the people on the left that thinks bu bullets were not invented until just recently so anyway um but i digress um yeah and so uh you know so what happens in their utopian world when nobody has a rifle anymore to defend themselves with, and um, we become invaded by some foreign nation. Uh, are, is the government, the U.S. government, going to start handing out the AR-15s to uh, 
to the average citizen. Is that what's going to happen? Because you, you disarmed us in 2023 with some legislation based on, you know, the, the actions of, of some little kid that's probably been taking psychotropic drugs since they were five. You know, what's what's going on there? Yeah, we don't we don't want to make excuses for the kid that the high school kid that shot up the school in Texas. Yeah. But it, once again, you've got a situation where you have a shooting gallery. You have a. Uh, a school which, uh, in which any weapons at all are verboten uh, against the law. Teachers can't carry guns. Uh, staff can't carry guns. Uh, there is absolutely no risk to a gunman walking into any school in the country, pretty much, uh, unless they have a police presence, and some of them do, uh, and just you know, opening fire. Uh, if you have people in places like that that can shoot back, the incidence of these kinds of mass shoot shootings goes down tremendously. You don't have yeah. these kinds of incidents in places where people are allowed to uh, to concealed carry. It just doesn't happen. Yep, yep, yep. Good point. Good point. Uh, he was, oh well. That, a lot of things we don't know about this particular one, so I'm sure things will come out a little, a little more details here and there. Anyway, but there we go. That's our uh, good girl with a gun. Well, that brings us right up to the near the end of our show with our uh, knucklehead news patrol or noise patrol, rather. And that brings us to Kamala Harris, uh, one of our favorite knuckleheads on this show. And uh, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um, and so recently uh, she was uh, talking about togetherness and bringing us together. And so uh, she said uh, in this quote, uh, she, you know, she, she said uh, back on May 14th, um, she said, uh, actually, there's just a little more. So let me read this here. Our world is interconnected and interdependent, uh, that it is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, uh, to tackle uh, these challenges uh, and to work together <laughs> as we continue uh work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together <laughs> on, on to galvanize global action. With that, I thank you all. This is an a matter of urgent priority for all of us. I know we will work on this together. The only thing I can say is, uh, Joe Biden wasn't, per, or his handlers are not quite as senile as they seem because she is the insurance policy to avoid Biden <laughs> being impeached. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 very true. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why pick somebody better than you for crying out loud when you're that bad? I mean, it wouldn't be hard to pick someone better than Biden. So, but you don't want to do that. You got to have somebody equally or even worse uh, in the mental capacity department. Yeah, sure. see, he, he saved money on the poison taster. He just hired somebody yeah, below him. It was just so, so terrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's just amazing, you know, that, uh, you know, who would have known that she was this incompetent until she gets out on the world stage and just, I mean, we've done a whole bunch of these knucklehead noise patrols with her and it's just amazing. Uh, the, I guess, literary genius that she, she, uh, she has, but anyway uh so you guys have any any last thoughts on it or I, just about that you know she this whole togetherness thing the left loves this idea of togetherness they 
they have no they, they don't ha have any concept of what human nature is and that you know people have different motives and different goals and everything that never is we are we ever going to be together that's a that's a left uh leaning uh principle that they go by oh we want everybody to be together and together we'll rule the world and we'll solve yeah, well, the problem the underlying thought there is everybody needs to get together on my page yes on my <laughs> page not on your page my page yeah well i've never ever heard anybody like kamala who could speak so long and say so little, say so little. <laughs> <laughs> just amazing <laughs> well, speaking of which we've come to the end of our show today and thank you all so much for joining us thank you richard for joining us here as well and until the next one stay free thank you Jason. see you tim life liberty and the pursuit of happiness always and forever Thank you for listening to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Find us on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.